Well, it is a little darker up here than normal. But, you know, there is, a, there is a parallel there that you have to think about. I really think that the church, in many ways, uh, and I don't want to castigate the entire body of Christ or you in particular, but I think the church has been somewhat in the dark. Uh, I know what Pastor Ryan is saying about we don't want to pressure you, but I guess I want to pressure you a little bit. Not, not about the giving, but pressing you to really ask yourself the question, is, is God first in my life? And then today's message is, is entitled, Aware. Now, it's just a partial thing that I've been working on. The, the Spirit of the Lord has put a very, very strong compulsion on me in the, probably the last six weeks over the word aware. I spoke at a, a, an African-American church in Milwaukee this week. Oh, man, did we have a blast, man. Those people know how to shout at you. I mean, I, I was just loving it. I, you could start swinging from the chandeliers. They're just this power. <coughs> Excuse me. But... This whole thing, and I, I, I touched on it then, and I'm in the process of developing it. I really believe that it's going to birth uh, another book. Just what I, the last thing I need to do is do another book. But I really believe that the Church of Jesus Christ really isn't aware. I think a lot of you ha- are you're great people, but you've been numbed to really not see what's going on around you. You're not taking opportunities to grab those things that that really are just should be part of your life. Uh, Every, everything I believe in this hour needs to be put against, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What's the most important thing for me to do today? What's the most important thing for my family? You know, uh, I think in most cases, and this is sad to say about the American church, church is somewhere down, down the line. If we're sick, you know, boom. Would we go to work if we were that sick? Yeah. Would we go to church? No. Um, if, if, we're, uh, if it's a sporting event. Now, all of us know the Packer thing. But I mean, I'm, not, I'm just saying, I think we just got to move it up. I'm a Packer fan. I, I mean, I love family stuff. I love everything about that. But church needs to be number one, and we need to be aware of that. Um, so today, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. Um, first, uh, you know what happened at 621 this morning? Yeah, Dan, I told you already. <laughs> Golly. I, yeah, at 621 this morning, spring sprung. All right, now that's sort of a ISO. Yes, it was. Doc? PM, was it? They, oh, they told me AM on my news station. You must have been listening to uh, some Christian station. They had it wrong. Channel. <laughs> Are we aware what's going on around us? Like, for example, my brother's in car sales. Mark my words, if you would have come in here with a bashed-up car this morning, he'd have been saying, hey, by the way, I can fix that for you. I can get you a new car. You know what I mean? Uh, Are you aware what's happening Uh we, we have a, a tremendous opportunity now with this, all the stuff that's happening in the world to, to see people opening doors that we need to be aware to move in. And, and we, the church needs to move to a new level of victory, a new level of getting the job done and being excited about it. And man, I want to support everything that's going on and I'm going to give it my 100% best because when it's all said and done, we're going to be judged by how we put ourselves before the Lord. And, and there's, there, you know, you read, in, and I, my message isn't overly long today. That's what I'm thinking anyhow. But uh, I read in the USA Today on Wednesday a very distressing article. I have friends, about nine months ago, I called a c- couple of my friends, and there is a, there's a pastor in Grand Rapids, Michigan named Rob Bell, Mars Hills Church. Have you ever heard of it? And I have friends that, man, they would, they thought Rob Bell is the greatest thing since whipped cream, built this great church over there, large church. He's written a new book. 
And in this book, there is a, uh, and it's, it's uh, one of my friends from Durban, South Africa, called me nine months ago and told me what he was speaking on and what he was saying in this new book. Actually, that everybody's going to get saved, the devil's going to get saved, you can work out your salvation after you die. And uh, so my friend, uh, who's a brilliant guy in Durban, called me and then emailed me this. And I told my other friends, hey, this is what Rob Bell is saying. Oh, no, he's not saying that. And now he's saying this. I'm going to tell you what. See, the enemy is wanting to come and even work through people who at one time were really up there serving the Lord, doing great things for God, and watering down the message. That isn't even watering down the message. That's, you might as well put a, you might as well take your bick and flick it and burn your Bible if you believe that kind of garbage. Are you with me here? But what, how can people buy into that? You know, how, how does it happen? It's because they're numb. It's because they're not aware. It's because they're not really tuned in, number one, to Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, friends, we had better get aware of what's going on around us. I love this, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be just uh, flooding here. In the book of Nehemiah, uh, it says this in the, in the uh, fourth chapter. They who built the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves to, so that with one hand they worked at the construction and with the other hand they had a weapon, they had a sword. I tell you what, the church needs to get back on the wall and start wielding the sword and being aware of what's going on around us. Really become aware. Uh, there's a, this uh, portion of Scripture that I want to take you to today. In uh, uh, Well, there's a couple of portions, but this particular one in uh, the book of <clears throat> Mark, the, uh, excuse me, the 11, it's hard to see up here, the 11th chapter and the 11th verse. And Jesus went into Jerusalem. You know, what is the shortest verse in the Bible, do you know? Jesus wept. That's not what this is here, but why did he weep over Jerusalem? So it says, and Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple, the holy place. Before he died, this is the place where people would come in and, and, and uh, they had an outer court for when the Gentiles came. This is the place where people were supposed to come and be able to see God and find God. And it says this, and Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple so that when he looked around at all things... The hour was already late. He went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now, he came back later and cleansed the temple. And, and you know, I think Jesus is looking now. He's, he, he's wanting us to be aware. He's wanting us to, to find out exactly what we're to be doing. And we've got we to gotta stand against the devil. We've got to keep the power of the sword in our hand. And we've got to realize, and we've got to call people to accountability. Why is it when, when, we, when we see things in people and in our family and in our friends that we pull back, we don't just say, hey, wait a minute. You know, are you putting God first? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look what's going on around you. I mean, when you've got a prominent pastor, when CNN and, and the news media are sweeping in, I went on, uh, on uh, Rob Bell's blog, and he was doing this thing in, in, in an alley, and he said, you think Gandhi really could go? Would God send people to hell? Would, would millions of people have gone to hell? God didn't send them there. They were presented the gospel and they make a choice. So we have to be aware. And so, I'm, I'm, you know, people say, well, a lot of guys say, well, I'm going to wait to buy the book before I make judgment. I'm not spending a dime on that book. Hello? Now, am I praying for him? Yeah. So let's, let's understand and, and become aware. Now, 
one of the reasons we miss stuff that's going on around us is because we're not aware, first of all, where we are with Christ. Are you aware that you need a prayer life? That you need to get up in the morning and pray? You need the Word of God? Are you aware that everybody... And and this whole subtle thing of, of watering down the gospel to the point where you can find Christ after you die... All right? They, they, he wants to numb the church all the more. Numb it. So that you don't, you don't see what's going on around you. So you have to grab a hold of this thing and say, "What? wait a minute. Today when I go to work, am I going to be aware that people that I meet have tremendous needs, that they're hurting, that I've got an opportunity to share with, with the gospel with them? And when people look at me, are they aware that I'm putting God first in my life? Is He number one? Now, the Bible tells us Jesus said, I must go so the Holy Spirit can come. Greater things will you do than I did. So there must be something that is available to the church of Jesus Christ to make us aware the same way Jesus was aware. To begin to sense. And this is, this is uh, what God has been putting on my heart because in some ways, a part of, if I've had any success over the years, is I've always tried to be aware of what's number one in people. Is Christ number one? Are they hurting? Do they need Christ? Lord, show me this person I'm with. Now, so I want to take you now to the heart of the text, to the book of John, the fourth chapter. I tell you what, let's pray. I just feel, really feel we need to pray because we're, we're bucking some real opposition. Not from you necessarily, uh, but from, from the enemy who would want to tear us up and move against us in such a way that we couldn't function as Christians. Because I believe the church is, this church is about ready to see something great happen. Do you think the enemy wants that to happen? No way. Does he want us to, to build this building? No way. There will be people who, who are already saying, oh, how can they do that? What's going on? That's a building. But we're building that building to reach more people, to preach the unadulterated Word of God. That's what I like about Pastor Ryan. He's not going to sacrifice the Word of God. He's putting God first. He and hope as they, they believe God for greatness here. So let's just pray and, and seek God. Bow your heads, would you? Let's stand up. Father, I thank you right now that you are going to do something spectacular in our lives. And Lord, as we stand against the powers of the enemy that would want to rob us, Lord, I pray that that you would just move as never before in this church. And Lord, that you would take all the compromise out of us. And we stand against this attitude of, of, of I can't get it done. I, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. And, 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 and you, you tend to sacrifice back and forth. Father, I pray that you would just move now in our hearts and in our lives. And Lord, that you would make us aware of what's going on around us. And that we, as Jesus went into the temple and he, he looked at the temple and he was saddened and they were selling stuff in the very place where people were supposed to come to Christ. And Lord, I pray now that you would move as never before. You would shake us, that there would be a remnant that would rise up. Lord, and all the negativity in the news and the, and the, and the mobs gathering. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would break us out 
And Lord, that next Sunday, that we wouldn't be frightened to bring five friends, that we, Lord, we would be excited to, to break loose and, and, and achieve great things for God. Amen. Now I'm feeling much, much better. Be seated. Uh, what I'm going to do is just paraphrase some scripture for you this morning. You can trust me. The, the, the first thing that, that I want to talk to you about is when Jesus came to the well and the disciples had gone into town to grab some food and this woman comes. Remember the story? All right, so this woman comes and Jesus sees her coming. Now, as I told you before, the Holy Spirit, if, 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 if Jesus said you can do greater things, that means that we have the ability to get our t- antennas up and begin to sense what's going on in people's lives. Do you believe that? So I think we live below our privileges. Maybe we see things physically, but we need to look in the spirit to see things. We need to really look in the spirit and say, God, begin to reveal to me. Now, that happens in a lot of ways. So this woman comes. She's got a water pot on her head. She's coming to the well to draw water. And Jesus says to her, talks to, he starts a conversation about water. You remember the story? And then he says, I've got water that you can drink that you'll never thirst again. She right away said, man, I mean, where can I get this water? I mean, I'm tired of coming to this well with this pot on my head and having to draw the water. And then Jesus starts talking to her about it, and, and, she, and, and he begins to turn the conversation. He turned the conversation to the point where he talks about her life and, and, and talks about her marriages and begins to deal with deep issues in her life. And I, that's what the church has to do, and we've gotten away from that. We've gotten away from, from dealing with those strong, deep issues. Now, I know Pastor Ryan does, and this church does, but to draw a crowd, many times you don't want to be offensive. And, and I, the, 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 the gospel is somewhat offensive, friends. The gospel is. I mean, before I moved to this st- uh, stage of my life, along the way there were areas when I'd read the Word, I'd say, man, I'm not doing that. i got to do it. I don't want to do it, but I'm doing it. And, and there was times I was like uh, the Apostle Paul. I know what I should do, but I don't do it. And then, then you grow to the point where you begin to do what God would want you to do. Now, Jesus could have said to this lady, you know, ma'am, uh, you can experience me, and, and that's all great. But you know what? We've got to get the sin out of our lives. He spoke to her about her sin. And all of a sudden, things begin to happen when you start speaking to people about the sin in their lives. But how many of you have had those kind of meaningful conversations? How many of you have friends and relatives that you dodge around that? You know, you you, you sort of help uh, create an environment for their excuses. Really? Oh, that's okay. I mean, I understand. You know, sometimes we got to get up and say, no, I don't understand. No, this is not right. The country today is in the condition it is in because the church has not stood up and spoken. It has not stood against the issues. We're more worried about our finances on this side. I'm not talking about what's going on in the country now, in the state particularly now, it's, it, it seems to be money seems to be the issue, but there's a deeper issue than that. Yeah. You know, here, here's the deal. I, John Clark uh, was one of my long-term assistants, and he pastors in Madison. Forty percent of his church works either for the state or from, for some uh, government issue. 
And, and, and what I love about John, I spent some time with him this week. He came down to hear me speak in Milwaukee. And he was talking about this whole situation. And uh, he had many people in his church that didn't come to church and went down to, the, to, to pick it. And he said, I don't care that you pick it. But he said, you should have come to church first. And then you should have gone down there. Even if you think what the governor did was the most terrible thing in the world, you come to church first. Then you deal with that issue as a Christian. You know what I mean? You see, because the Bible talks about all authority is, com- comes from God, right? President Obama is our authority. I didn't vote for him, but he's still our authority, right? Hello? Doesn't matter if you voted for Walker or not. The Bible says he's our authority. So as Christians, how do we respond with authority? If it goes against our finances or if it goes against our timetable, we have, we, we're not aware of this. You see, right now, that could make a great... Uh, and some of you might work for state agencies and are dealing with possibly losing some money and all this kind of stuff. And I, I don't want anybody to lose anything. But you know what? Here's the way I would use this if I were working for a state agency right now. In these tough environments, I'd say, you know what? I don't like losing money. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have voted for this. But here's what I have to do as a Christian. I'm a Christian. Governor Walker's our authority. He was voted there. We might not like it, but because of my relationship with God, I'm going to support the authority. Right? Hello? It's the same way at every level. If we could teach our kids that, if we could teach our our children to go to schools and respect their teachers, if we could teach our workplace. You see, we've got to look at our workplace. We have to look at our homes. We have to look at our politics, right? We have to be watching all of these things and say, where is an opportunity? Because I'm telling you what, if you'll take these opportunities and you'll deal with them as a Christian and, and take a stand, many of you that have heard me preach, one of the, one of the reasons I uh, really became so active in, in, the, in the pro-life uh, cause was in 1981 in uh, Anaheim, California. I, I, I was confronted with the, the horrible truth that abortion is a holocaust of unprecedented stuff right and then uh, this speaker james watt who was being crucified by the press he was uh, president reagan's uh secretary of interior they were crucifying him he was a christian and i was a little embarrassed because i was reading everything about him and then we went to this meeting and he talked about dedicating uh, a memorial to the holocaust and the churches were Uh, pictures of the churches were etched behind the pictures of the furnaces where they incinerated the Jews. And and it had an inscription, they had eyes to see but did not see, they had ears to uh, hear but did not hear, mouths to speak but did not speak. And, And something got me, and it talked to me about the church has to speak. The church has to has to call people to accountability. We'll have people that won't be here the next couple of weeks because we are raising some money for a new building. You know what I mean? Come on. You know, what, what's the most important thing? I mean, what, what's, should we speak up? The church has been silent. And the guys that are speaking up are coming out with wacky stuff. I mean, we need, uh, you know, and I, I just, man, my heart has been so troubled that, that we're not aware of what's going on around us. And, and our country, uh, Dave Gothier, who's researched our founding fathers and have documentation and, and all, of, all of these things that just 
it's so clear what America was about, but because the church hasn't been aware, we've let stuff slip because we don't want to offend the crowd and we don't want... Are you there? And because, you know, it, it, oh, we might have a visiting family today that that, 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 that that might offend them. You know, Jesus said to the, to the religious people of the day, He says, you wash the outside, but the inside of the cup is dirty. And see, I think we need to have a cleansing thing happen in the church of God. We're not going to have our antennas up enough to hear that the guy sitting next to us on an airplane or our neighbor that, that is hurting, our antennas aren't going to be up if the inside of our cup is dirty. Jesus dealt with that woman said, yeah, you, the guy you're living with now and you've had a bunch of husbands. You make Elizabeth Taylor look like a saint. The reality is he dealt with it. He looked at the temple. He walked away. He meditated. He came back and he cleansed the temple. A lot of you don't realize we're, we're on the wall standing against Satan and we've left our sword at home. We need to pick up our sword. One eye on the wall, the other eye on the enemy that's advancing. Are, are you tracking with me today? There needs, to be a, there needs to be a breaking. An awareness needs to come to our families. Some of you are watching stuff you shouldn't watch that's filling in and getting the inside of your cup dirty. Some of you are listening to stuff that's getting the inside of your spiritual cup dirty. And, and you're, you're, you're just being bogged down. So therefore, when you're bogged down, you're not seeing what's going on around you. Man, I want to tell you, friends, I, 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 I want to see something break. I want to see first things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek ye first. Where, I mean, I used to get, oh, I, I mean, I just, I'm just laying it out there. I, and and I'm, I'm going to be done in a minute. This is totally off what I was going to do because the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me about this just a few minutes ago. But I can remember dealing with our kids and, 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 and trying to find that place of, of, of getting the message out there and, and the fight and the pain and the agony. And I remember one time when I sent Red down the road who wanted to marry my little girl and I wasn't going to let it happen. And I said to that sucker, look it, you're going to have to go through me to marry that girl. And I knew I was putting my life on the line. But today my daughter's serving God. She's going to have a little baby. Today she'll be doing children's church three times in a new new church in Salt Lake. I remember when we went up against my son. I remember the time I found cigarettes under his seat of his car. Man, I had broke that sucker down in the car. I mean, it was... I'm telling you, I went after it with a passion, but now they're serving God. And so much of the passion has gone out of the church today. We're not aware. We're not aware. We're not aware. We're not aware. You're not, are you aware when you send your kids out to a, a party? Are you aware what's going on there? You know what I mean? Are you really talking to them and, and building that godly strain inside of them? Are you looking and saying, holy macro? You know what I mean? And then I've been around long enough now to see the parents who didn't stand in the way of that marriage or didn't say, look at honey, I'm not supporting that wedding. I'm not paying for it. I'm not going to be involved in it because you're doing the wrong thing or vice versa. And then 10 years later, they're crying in their soup because there's marriage problems and there's difficulties in that home. Come on, we need to rise up and get strong and be aware. Whoa. Stand up. I haven't done this for a long time, man. I feel, I'm feeling good. I got to go hang around those black Christians more often, man. They, whoa! 
Hallelujah. How many of you say, you know what? Something stirred in me today. Something is, I want to get on. I want to be number one for Jesus. Number one for commitment. You know? Yeah, the giving thing. I, I, I talked about it last week. One of the reasons, you know, oh, I just can't tithe and I can't give above. Those same people, you see them sitting there with their families and, and at McDonald's or, or whatever. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I can't afford to do that, but I can afford to do this. Right? Oh, these people, they want my money. People are flying down to the Super Bowl, spending eight, ten grand for tickets. Right? Where is it that number one is going to be number one? Where is that? Have we lost that? Who would say today, I want to be 100% number one. I want to be number one. I want to be aware. I want to be so tuned up with God that when I walk into a room and I shake somebody's hand and, and, and people get around me, they're going to know that I know. That's what, that, that's what needs to come to the church. So who, who, who would say, you know what? I'll come and stand with you, Pastor Arnie. Now I'm in the light now. I'm out of the dark now. <laughs> pretty, pretty good jolt there, Tom. And you know, it'll take more guts not to come to just stand and say, you know what? See, now, let me just tell you, I believe that God is watching. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, I don't know how many, 120, 150, whatever's in here. Do you know that 120 people spilled out of the upper room? And in a couple of short years, evangelized the whole continent of Europe. I think some of you need to go back to work tomorrow, apologize to your bosses. If you're a state employee and you've been involved in the bricker-bracker over this deal, you can say, you know, I haven't changed my mind. I'm, and, and you might just think it's wrong. Everybody has their opinion. But you should go back to work tomorrow and say, you know what, I have not approached this thing like a Christian. My Bible tells me that I have to support authority. Even when I disagree with the authority, because God only moves through authority. So would you forgive me? Now, I'm going to pray that the situation gets resolved in a godly fashion. Are are you with me? And that's what I love about John Clark. You know, John's got this church. He got right up in front of him and said, you're acting like weirdos. You're not acting like Christians. This isn't about the, the issues. And today, I believe in this room, if you'll follow through on what we're talking about here, if you're a young person and you're screwing around with your, with your girlfriend, or you're watching the wrong stuff on TV, stop it. It will take you down. If you're robbing from God, don't expect the blessing of God to be on you. It's just that simple. Why can't we stand up, go out of here today, say, I'm going to reach my neighborhood for Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be somebody that I'm going to be aware when, when I'm around someone and you know... They're living, oh, I'm living, you know, you hear it now on TV. I, I think I told you, Jan and I were at, a, uh, at Kohl's the other day, about uh, 
two or three weeks ago, I'm a return specialist there. <laughs> Jan buys stuff, and I return it. I said, I should play for the Packers. I'm a return specialist. She buys it. I have to return it. Now, here's the deal. So we're talking to this clerk, and uh, she had an engagement ring on, so I tried to open the door. Oh, you're engaged? getting married? Yeah. I said, when you get married? Oh, in another year, we want to wait for our twins to get old enough so that they can stand up in the wedding. Hello? Oh, how nice. No, that's not nice. What ca- Are you there? That's sin. Isn't it? So if we could just get the church, my goodness, to a place of, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I, think, I think I sense something happening here today. Raise your hands. I just want you in your own way to cry out to God. Get the compromise out of your life. Start putting first things first. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, you have taken me off the page. You've been stirring me for six or eight weeks. And I've been looking. I've been looking to try to be able to communicate an awareness. But nobody is going to be aware until they start doing that which the Word of God says they should do. Most everybody in here, maybe there's a few exceptions, biblically are educated far above the level of their performance. Lord, I pray that there would be a sense of holiness, a sense of righteousness that would settle on this place, and that there would be a breakout of, I am going to do it God's way. No, I'm sorry, I'm putting God first. I was reading in the Word yesterday where the sick guy at the pool and Jesus came by and he said he was waiting to jump into the water when it was troubled because someone would get healed. He said, there's no one here to put me in the water. And Jesus said, be healed. Lord, the water is troubled. And we need to start putting people under the power of the Holy Spirit and setting them free. And we need to quit making our lame excuses and trying to run our own spiritual lives and compromising with our kids and our fellow workers and our neighbors and our television sets and our computers and, our, and, our, and our, all the other devices. Most people spend more time on Facebook than they do in the book of life. Lord, set us free now. Lord, let something well up. May you rise up some mighty men of valor. May we be like Ahithophel, David's mighty man. And the Bible says that he kept swinging the sword to the point where his hand literally was welded to the sword. Lord, help us wield the sword of your spirit. Help us stop the compromise. Help us move forward in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, there are people who got saved earlier in this service, rededicated. And now, Lord, rise us up as a mighty army. Army, March us to our places of employment, to our, to our schools, to our neighborhoods, and to our families with a loving spirit that will not compromise. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm done. Thank you for coming. Be blessed.